Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We're coming to you from the beautiful campus of the Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In the Nature Journal, we'll be focusing on the critters and quirks of nature found on the campus and the wide surrounding Flathead Basin. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, an employee here at FVCC Library, and thanks to Susan Matter, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Today we'll visit with Ben Chapelo, famous in outdoor circles as the Singing Game Warden. Ben, thanks a lot for coming on. <laughs> thanks, John. Ben, how about a song right off the bat? Walking along winding trail Wondering what lies ahead That makes me wonder what lies ahead, Ben. <laughs> so great to have you on, Ben. And we worked together at Fish, Wildlife, and Parks for a while, and you now have this coveted position of the backcountry warden in the upper flathead. And you're known for your great musical talent. And I hear that if you encounter someone in the backcountry that you have to ticket, after a little serenading, they're your best pal. Isn't that true? <laughs> you know, I've never had it in the backcountry experience, but I, I do have a, a few friends of mine that I've had to give tickets to, and they've hired me to play music. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's great. I think it's, it's, if you treat people good, they treat you good back. So that's a good point. Keep it un, not a personal thing. So, so you serve in the backcountry of the Bob Marshall Great Bear Wilderness, and first of all, what animals do you see most when you're patrolling back there? Uh, hominids. <laughs> <laughs> so human beings. So, a lot of deer and elk, but uh, and wolves, and but a lot of people don't realize how many people are actually using the backcountry. So you see a ton of people, a lot of floaters, a lot of campers, a lot, a lot of anglers. So. You know what really points to that too is we used to be able to release bears up in the bob and think they were going to be released somewhere where they weren't going to get in yeah. trouble. You can't do that anymore. No. <laughs> They'll be right at everybody's <laughs> camp. So um. and. What is a, you know, we talked a little beforehand, and I thought it was kind of interesting. What is, is your longest ride you've done in a day patrolling out through there? Oh, one time I was with Perry Brown and uh, our biologist, Jesse Coltrane. We, I think we put 30 miles on Big Prairie to Brushy Park. So uh, I've done similar rides like that in the front country, but that's the longest ride back there. 30 miles is a long ways, you know. Yeah. So you're starting at Big Prairie, you said? Yeah, yeah. And then you rode, uh, give us the route. Uh, we went through... Uh, over into White River Park, and then up a White River, past that falls, I can't think of the name of it. Needle Falls. Needle Falls, and then down into Brushy Park. So yeah. I was ready to get off by the end of the day. A&D <laughs> ointment works good if you, for those of you out there listening. So. That's, an ex that's a great question. How, do, you, do you ever get sore in the saddle when you're doing yeah, spending so yeah, much it's, time? It's a different sore than hiking. You're definitely not as tired as if you were hiking 30 miles, but uh, it's a different kind of sore. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet it is. So we were talking a little bit about your most humorous wildlife experience, but there's actually been several, but just name one of your most humorous wildlife experiences as a game warden. Uh, probably one time I, I had a, a real old guy, he had a bear getting into his garage, and this guy's a D-Day veteran. Um, I heard he was in the 101st, landed on D-Day. Wow. He, he calls me, he's like, I don't want to shoot this bear, it's getting in my garage, so I get there and... I'd set a trap, and he was really hard to hear. Wouldn't even he didn't even know I was there because I couldn't get his attention. And 
So I put on my Hunter's Orange to set the trap, and I think a day or two later he says, you got a little black bear in the trap. So I roll up, and I look in the trap, get out of the truck, go look, shine my light in there. I was like, well, this this kind of looks like a grizzly bear cub. <laughs> I'm like, oh, a grizzly bear cub. And my dad was with me. I was like, get in the car. And so it was kind of humorous but scary at the same time. But we we didn't have any issues, and we ended up having to let the cub go. So what about, you also talked about horses being kind of scary to work with all the time. Yeah, you never know. Um, my wife's going to hear hate hearing me say this, but you're always kind of at, on edge when you're riding, and then when you get to camp, you're glad everything went fine. Um, most of the time the horses go good, but usually you don't even have time to think about what's going on. They'll buck or yep. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll see a llama or a leaf that looks weird yeah. or a squirrel or <laughs> who knows what's going to spook them. Well, um, in a recent book, a backcountry writer said, here's the thing about horses. They're big, they're dumb, and sooner or later they're going to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of harsh, but... I mean, how do you do you know anyone that's been with horses their whole life that haven't at least been hurt once or twice? I don't think so. I mean, a buddy of mine recently got injured pretty badly. He's still in recovery, but just well, you, a freak accident. Did you know Steve Hawkins, or have you read his yeah, book When yeah. the Woods Are Wild? Yeah, he's he's had some terrible experiences. In fact, he not even that far from Black Bear, he ended up shooting one of his horses that almost killed him. And so I guess I guess how do you what's your philosophy about horses? How do you control them? I mean, do you use the, the light touch, or do you have to? Because um, you're got string, you're pulling strings, right? It, it sounds kind of funny, and I'm fairly new to the horse business. I'm probably only been messing with them for about eight years. I always try to have the most confidence as I can mm-hmm. around them, and I don't know if it works or not. But I just pretend like I know what I'm doing, and I'm an expert because I think the <laughs> horses pick up if you don't. And it's not for like the other people around; it's purely for the horses. To, it's like just to show them that you mean you mean business. You're the boss, and that that seems to be working for me so far. But every once in a while, they they, they're kind of like kids. you got to kind of bluff them a little bit, <laughs> make sure they don't call it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so. Well, you know, one of the things you've been running into a lot that you may not have realized you were going to are these ultra runners now that are in the Bob. Like a, you and I were talking, I mean, I did a 44-miler back in, you know, you know, 20 years ago or so, and back then it really wasn't that popular thing. Now everybody does it. So you've been running into a lot of people that way, right? I'm, I've been hearing about them. I've actually got personal friends that they'll do like 50 miles in a day and I've always been intrigued by that I <laughs> I've been running and stuff trying to get in shape I've never been a runner but man, I, I did Columbia and back and I it took me a couple days to walk after that one yeah, that's <laughs> a tough trail I'm getting a little older than I used to be but well like I was telling you I was in Big Prairie volunteering a couple of years ago as a station guard and a guy showed up running in and this is 32 miles into the Bob he left at Meadow Creek and I said hey how you doing where are you headed he says well I'm headed out tonight uh, over Lodgepole. So that, that would be a 60-mile trip. And he got to Big Prairie. It wasn't far after noon when he got there. And he had left. He'd already gone 30 miles. <laughs> I mean, it's tough for me to get to Big Prairie from Black Bear on horses <laughs> by noon. That's a few, full day. I mean, of course, we're yeah. checking people in yeah. camps. And, and it can get really hot. Too. Yeah. And so some of the, the funny things you've run into, uh, we, we talked, you and I shared a little bit about Bill Workman, the 42-year packer in Dubai. Yeah. He yeah. is a character, isn't he? Yeah, I've I knew Bill a little bit before I moved in, and I, he's been kind of one of the guys I, I go to for questions because he's been back there so long. And really humble guy, and you can joke around with him. And uh, I think I, I rode into Black Bear and last year, and the first thing he says as he comes out of the cabin is like, you're going to have to be a lot quieter than that. <laughs> so, um, oh, he's funny. Well, I interviewed him for my uh, last book, and, and he 
told the story about his moose last wing adventure. Did you hear? I've heard that? of it. I haven't read the story yet, but he's kind of told me about it a little bit. Yeah. There was a moose that was tangled up in some of the old telephone wire, yeah. and it was in the creek there, or the river at Black Bear. And so he and a couple of other Forest Service people snuck up on it. And Bill, of course, being a rodeo, did you know he was a rodeo yeah. champ? Yeah, he, he He was able to lasso this moose and tie it down, and they got the, the cord off him. And then a week later or so, they saw the same moose at the trailhead, you know, 11 miles away because they knew it was the same moose because the, he had, they had to leave one little piece of rope on the moose's antler when they lassoed it. And then they saw that the moose walked towards he and his wife. So that was, that's, that was really crazy. So there, there's an epic picture of him that he's, his wife's actually selling it, but he, it's on Facebook. It's him crossing the Blackbird Bridge, and he's got like 10 head, 12 mm-hmm. head or something. No, he's an amazing yeah. packer. He's been kicked in the chest by rogue mules. He's, uh, he's been bucked when uh, he had a fire extinguisher loaded on one of his mules and they start and it started going off and everybody went crazy you know <laughs> you talk about the wrecks too is you know uh, right near mid creek where you go a lot um, i watched what i watched happen with horses is i was hiking out with my kayak and holding it in my arms and i had my backpack on i had just kayaked down south for for a few days and this lady was <clears throat> walking up towards me with another couple and that horse took a look at me and took that lady right down into the lodge pole. Just didn't like me, like you said. And so it's 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 really you got to really watch what you're doing on horses. So you said that you went on a uh, you got almost stuck at Black Bear, but it really wasn't that scary, was it? As far as starving to death? Oh yeah, we I, I we were one of the first crews into Black Bear this year, and the river came had come up quite a bit when we were in there. So I was a little worried if we'd be able to get back across the creek and. Mm-hmm. We would have made it. We'd have just had to cut blowdown for a day or something. But we we rode through the river to get around all the blowdown. And oh it, wow! The river had come up about two feet, I think, in the time we were back there. But we weren't too worried about getting stuck at Black Bear Cabin. For t- there's a lot of food in there. I don't know how old it is. I'd probably get botulism or something. But. <laughs> well, but you ought to see Schaefer Meadows and Big Prairie because yeah, I yeah. spent a lot of time there, and <clears throat> they have these huge root cellars. And they're full of food. I remember Schaefer, when we were in there in the winter doing fur bears one time, that there was food that was 12 years, 14 years past date. So that's getting out there. That's yeah. getting kind of yeah. old and stuff. So um, what, are you th- what are you thinking of your career in the future? How long do you want to stay with the backcountry stuff? Um, as long as I'm able to. I mean, who knows with administrations and if, if I want to promote or anything, but I'm not thinking about that right now. So. Okay. And then how has the backcountry duties been different than when you were front country in Eureka and um, other places? Uh, I think what I – I still have a lot of front country. I think that's what people – the misconception oh, yeah. with this job. Mm-hmm. I still cover Hungry Horse Reservoir, right. the middle fork. So this job still is mainly front country work. Uh, but the biggest difference I've seen with this district is there's no private land hardly. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit around the canyon and in the valley, but – Private land ties up a lot of your game warden's time. So Yeah, that's awesome um, that you get to work so that. I get to do a lot more patrolling than I used to. That's um, wonderful. And my phone rings a lot less more, so <laughs> I feel bad for the guy that replaced me. But Okay, last question. Do you ever get lonely? Not really. So <laughs> okay. it, There's a lot of people to talk to. A lot of times you're, you're kind of fighting for uh, a place to stay in the cabin. or um, A lot of times we'll just camp outside sure. the cabin. Sure, sure, sure. We have those back uh, what I'd like to do a lot of is is kind of reaching out and just camping out in the backcountry more closer to these camps. And everybody expects the game warden to be at the cabin, and I want to kind of get away from that. So. Well, Ben, thanks a lot for coming on today and sharing these stories. It's been awesome. And 
keep up the great work. Uh, before we go, uh, why don't you tune up the guitar and give us one more song? This is an old cowboy song. I think it's like a hundred years old or something. But. Lonesome but happy, rich but I'm broke. I'm a carefree range riding, old drifting cowpoke. Well, that's all the time we have today for this segment of the Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us, and please watch the library page and FVCC website for more shows as they're posted. Also, feel free to send us questions or ideas. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next time.